1: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome into another edition of Spits and Suds, the Wednesday edition. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan, joined by Wisconsin Hall of Famer, should be North Dakota Hall of Famer and future Dallas Stars Hall of Famer, Craig Ludwig. He's won two of those Stanley Cups, and he joins us as he does every Wednesday. How are you, champ?
0: You know, I'm proud to say that I'm from the same state as Joe Pavelski. So uh, everything's good. I need uh You know what? It was a, I will say that it was a good point last night. Yeah. And that's uh, kind of where I'm going to leave it. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I, it was. And I don't mean that negative. It was, it was definitely a good point. I mean, they, they took care of business on their first game on the trip and um, they found a way. What they did is they took advantage of, you know, the opportunities that they had your, your, your favorite player uh, Foxa. Uh, that was a big goal. How about um, that? <laughs> well, you know what? Like, I'll tell you what I like about John Cooper <clears throat> as a coach Sergachev spits that one up, you know, 10, 15 feet in front of his own net. And, um, you know, and again, good on, good on Raddick to be able to, and Raddick, you could tell from the replay, he was staring at the five hole the whole time, put it exactly where he wanted to. Uh, Elliot was obviously caught off guard when you have a defenseman of that caliber you don't expect things like that to happen but that's why goalies always have to be ready apparently um but you know what like the very next uh after that weren't right back on the ice and I think there's a lot of coaches that that uh <clears throat> you know may may take a player regardless of his stature um but I, but I love that put the kid right back out there and I don't know why we call him kid anymore he's won a couple Stanley Cups but but um but you know what? And then, and then I was watching him on the offensive blue line. They got the puck right back into the offensive zone. The, the Lightning did, and I was like, "Man, is he going to try to do too much here and make up for it?" And I thought he had a really good shift. So, uh, but anyway, um, it wasn't. Um, it was one of those games. Uh, I didn't think either team was probably had their A game. Um, the offense was there. Uh, the opportunities were there, but there were a lot of outnumbered rushes, I think both ways, which is for sure uncharacteristic with the way Dallas has been playing. Um, but otherwise, uh, you know, they, they found a way to grab a point in, in a tough yeah. building. and a team that's, you know, has, you know, the the background that they do. Um, that That's a good game that you take in. Uh, you take all the good things out of it and you head into your game against Florida.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you look at it, it's three out of four points. And so far on this road trip, and if you, you know, get two out of Florida Islanders, that's a pretty successful trip, five points. And that's what I think the difference is between years past is the stars are going on the road and collecting some of those points. And you are going to have some home losses, but, you know, it's just one of those things that I think just the consistency, and you're right, I think Tampa's not what they were. However, still darn good. And I wouldn't want to face them in the playoffs with that goaltender who didn't play last night. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, you went into Tampa and you got a point. You're right. It's that's as a as a former player, because I, I know from a fan perspective, you know, we say good point. What's being said in the locker room? Do do they say like, all right, we got a point, or does it does it matter? It's like, all right, you know what? We could have won that one.
0: I think there could be um varying opinions of that only because of the way the game went for him Uh, there were ebbs and flows to that game um i don't think that that otter had his a game last night um there were a couple that i he got handcuffed on a couple um i mean he's still good i mean i'm not and again i think when you when you put up those kind of numbers and do what he's done in his young career you start holding them to you know to bigger standards You, you mentioned vasilevsky and you know he he's as of right now he's not the you know the superhero that he has been for for the Lightning. Um, he's going through his issues too, but, um, but yeah, you do take a good point out because that's a tough team, and it's you know we know we know everything that comes along with playing Tampa Bay. Um, I think Dallas is is fortunate, and I think when Otter had to be good, he had to be good, and he was good at times, and especially against Kucherov. I thought Kucherov last night had some great A scoring chances and, and Otter was already waiting for him. And, you know, so again, I, on one side of my, my mouth, I'm saying, you know, I didn't think it was, he had an A game, but he had his A game at times when he really needed it um, to grab that point. Um, So, uh, but you do, you do take that out of there because you won the game you were supposed to win on the road. And that's the way you start the road trip. And I, you know, the old, the old, uh, Philosophy, I, I'm sure it's changed a little bit in the past, but um, you know, it's always been you know, you want to play 750 at home or so, and you want to play 500 on the road, and at the end of the year, it gives you a, you know, gets you into the playoffs. So, you know, but I think that this team this year, after what they've gone throughout the past four years, I think they're holding, holding themselves to higher standards. Um, but uh, now <clears throat> they're going to face a team in Florida that's you know, they, they've got a different look. Um, than what they have in the past mm-hmm. and talk about a team that's learned um, how not to win in the playoffs. And they played a regular season where they're, you know, they play run and gun. They put a lot of pucks in the net and uh, you know, they're at the top of the league and that president's trophy doesn't mean as much as if you don't get the big trophy at, at the end of the, at the end of the year. And so they've kind of got a little bit of remake. They bring in Paul Maurice who, Um, knows that they're not where he wants their team to be yet. It's going to take some time. And I think he even said uh, a few days ago, you know, he's looking between 50 and 60 game mark when, when he feels that the changes he's trying to make um, to make that more of a complete and a a good playoff team. So that'll be a good test. They're having some goaltender issues. Um, So I I would probably, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if we see the same kind of game, uh, you know, where you're, you're putting up eight, nine, you know, goals, total, in a game, uh, combined. And so, um, there could be some goals scored, uh, in that game in a a couple nights from now.
1: As a guy who coaches currently and has coached in the ECHL, I wanted to ask your opinion with a goaltender coming back like Otter. Sean was saying on Monday, if he was the head coach, he'd ride him out for this entire series and get him the reps that he feels as though Otter needs your thoughts.
0: I will defer to goalie, goalie coach, Jeff. Um, I think Jeff has got a really good handle on Otter and Wedgwood. Um, But, you know, at the end of the year, when the season's over with, I I think you're going to be looking, you know, in that 60 game mark uh, for Otter. And I also think you take into account the kind of games that they, that they play and the style that they play and, and the way that the game was played, uh, <clears throat> so I would play him and and I would play him again. And again, you're I would definitely be playing him uh against the top teams in the league because that's where so much of a goaltender's job is between the ears. And, and I think he he has to have the confidence that um, you know, when you're playing these kind of teams that you could meet, yeah, they're they're in the East right now, and if you're gonna meet them in the playoffs, obviously it's gonna be that that last series of the year. But I think you want to continue to build on the confidence for a goaltender. And he needs to know that when he's going out against the best teams um, and the best players, he's shutting them down. So, um, and and the way the games are, you know, this isn't three games and four nights kind of scenario. Yeah, And and I think you look at his workload and and I'm sure Reese has been up there and and looking at all the, you know, the saves that he had to make and, you know, how he had to make them and, and how much, uh, work was put into last night's game. Um, and it just seems like when you watch Otter play, he, there doesn't seem like, I mean, he works hard. We know that, but because of his size and, and his athleticism, uh, he makes it look easy. And, and so I, I don't think they would be worried about that. And I'm sure that, um, they take all of those factors into, into account, but I, I would definitely, I would definitely be playing him in tomorrow night's game and, you know, they, they have these games circled on calendars, you know, and they have the, the weekly uh, games on calendars, you know, three and four nights, five and eight, whatever it may be. And then they try to find out times where they get them that rest.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd play them as much as possible. I don't think there are too many easy games on this trip. Probably the Flyers were your easiest because they haven't been playing well as of late. But I mean, Islanders, Panthers, and then you come back for the Avalanche and then you go on the road against the Blackhawks. That might be a game for Wedgwood, but you know, at the same time, I mean, Blackhawks are actually playing pretty well in the division right now. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I like what you said about the circling and, uh, I agree. I mean, you know, Reese has been around for a long time and how common is it usually, you know, when coaches change, it's basically most of the coaches and, you know, not the case with the stars they've held on to them.
0: Yeah. Well, I I think that coaches and goalie coaches are different Okay, and the, the goalie coach, you know, his job is to handle two guys, you know, I'm, 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 you know, maybe the guys in the minor too, but I'm just saying, it's like, it's, it's a whole different category and, you know, he, he's as much of a Frazier crane as he is, you know, a technical guy, because he has to be able to understand their psyche and where their where their head is and, and, and how to talk to the personalities of how to talk. There, there's probably, and I know, have no knowledge, he probably speaks differently to Wedgwood than he does to Otter. And, you know, when when you have a goaltender, especially a backup, and he's not getting as much, you know, activity as, as you typically want, uh, you, you have to speak to him. You have to keep him, you know, in, in the now as much as you can. And I think with Otter, there's totally different Um, scenario that goes on with the way that he talks with him. And, and, you know, there, there was a, when I think when they were working on um, contracts and goaltenders I mean, coaches, I think there was a lot of things that came out um, that Otter especially had to say about his goalie coach. And, and, you know, when you talk about coaches coming, going, you know, head coach usually brings in his guys I think you look at the goalie coaches completely separate and and they've got a relationship with a guy that they plan on being the number one here for a long time. And so you need, that guy needs that sounding board. That goalie needs that guy that he can go and talk to when times aren't, you know, aren't at the best and, and vice versa and all that other kind of stuff. So I look at those guys, they're in their own category, like I said, and, and they just have their, they have their relationships, which are totally different than, than the, the other players on the team. So, and I think Jeff has been around a long time. He's got the, the perfect demeanor. I, I've seen how he can be hard when he needs to be hard. Um, otherwise he's that buddy um, that he just understands the position, obviously, and you know, playing the position and being around as long as he has. Uh, I think everybody in the organization probably has a, a pretty good handle on what they get in Jeffrey's.
1: He's two-time Stanley Cup champion, Craig Ludwig. I'm Gavin Spittle. Craig, last Wednesday was our biggest episode ever of Spits and Suds. Congrats. Did you have your tennis trophies up on, on online or I something? I called or my mom and dad and told them to listen.
0: We're good. Yeah, you called the family and everybody's uh, click on.
1: I have us. not brought up tennis once this year. I regret telling you that I played tennis. That's
0: where people make mistakes with me. I got I to... Gotta, I got a memory like an elephant.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, because that's, that's that's a great radio podcast segue. Thank you, Craig, because one of the things that I love to do when you join us is I love to talk and take you down memory lane. So because they were in Tampa last night, your career crossed over with the start of the Tampa franchise. And it wasn't always that beautiful downtown arena. So tell me your memories of, Hockey in Florida.
0: The biggest thing, the first thing that stands out is when we played our first, uh, first time we went there and the building, three quarters of the building had a big black tarp over it right. in the seats.
1: Yeah. The Thunderdome. The
0: Thunder, Yeah, the dome. And it was, it seemed, if I remember right, it was out in the middle of nowhere. Yes. And, you know, it was, it was similar to when we came to Dallas in a way, you know I mean? We came here and, and there was a trailer parked outside where we were going to get dressed and you know, now you look back and you go, hey, that's just, that's part of the evolution of these teams. And, uh, <laughs> but you know, you always, you know, I shouldn't say you always wish I, I mean, I'm in Dallas now. And so I, and I'm, I love the, you know, everything that goes along with playing hockey here in Texas. And, you know, I, I, I guess I think of some of those players and, and John Cooper being the head coach, I mean, he loves it there. Why wouldn't you love it there? And you, you know, you talk about Vasiljev, and you talk about Kucherov, and and Sergachev, and Hedman, and, and and then you look at the team that they're going to play in a couple nights from now. You know, they're in a beautiful spot. I mean, these guys, Chuck, People wonder why Kachuk went from Calgary to Florida and right. signed a, you know, an eighty million dollar deal or whatever. I mean, Jesus, he's on the beach. He's got his golf cart. He drives around in, you know, all that kind of
1: stuff. So no state income um, tax.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, you know, same as Dallas here. Yep. And, 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 the, but I'll tell you, it, it was, it was new, but you know, we were, we were part of being new and um, I, it was just, I, I think you kind of looked at it all the time, man, what a great place to play. <laughs> you know, for, I'm talking about outside the rink and all the things that you can do and you kind of, man, these guys are lucky. And, um, but you know, they were, it. it honestly, for me, it was just another team it was another team that I went and played at. And like I said, you, you know, you'd be on the bus and there was nothing really around there, but uh, I, wherever we stayed at, you know, you're, you're driving by the boats and you know, the big yachts (laughs) and all that kind of stuff on the water and you're kind of, man, it'd be cool to play here. So, um, but I, you know, and again, credit to, to Espo. I mean, if it wasn't for, for Phil and everything that he's, he's done, I mean, and you know, he's the one that brought that, brought that team there. And, uh, you know, his legacy will carry on, you know, long, long, long time now for what he's done for the Tampa Bay Lightning, getting them going. And he's a treat to talk to. I I know going into the buildings there, just as when, when I was working with Razor and doing some games, uh, you know, you get a chance to talk to Phil sitting up there and it was story time all the time. So I I would always look forward to, you know, bumping into him and super, super nice man. And, uh, but all all kudos to Tespasito for, for getting that franchise on the map and then, you know, what they've done. Um, they've come a long way, right? And, uh, oh,
1: yeah. And founded in 92, so 30 years. And you look at some of the teams around the league, and then you look at, in just 30 years, Stamkos, Kucherov, Vasilevsky, Mart Martin St. Louis, uh, Brad Richards, uh, it just goes, I mean, that, those are, pl- those are hall of famers. How about, how about, you're missing one big one. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: Wow, who? One big
1: one. Stammer? No. Uh, I did, uh, did I say Stamkos? Uh, okay. What about Manon I. You know, I was going to say Manon Realme, but no, I honestly was. Absolutely. Terrific Canadian goalie. I actually was going to say Manon Realme. But, you know, different category, and my...
0: Do you want, do you want to actually explain to your listeners why yes. we're talking about Manon Reom?
1: So Manon Reom is the first female goaltender to play in an NHL game, and I wonder if she's the first female to play in a professional sport, like as far as with men. But the reason I didn't mention her, Craig, is because, like, I hate to say it, but back then I felt as though it was kind of like, you know, it was done, but they were a newer franchise, kind of done. Like, people look at it as a bit, and I didn't because, you know, outstanding goaltender. Like, Well,
0: it's funny. Like, when you – we we talk, I was talking about Phil Esposito a little earlier, and if you ever get the sound clip of Phil when they've asked about Menon, he goes, yeah, it was a gimmick. But you know what? she was really pretty yes. good yes. He said it, when he says it, <clears throat> but you know, and again, part of being a new franchise and a new market where, what is hockey and what is this all about and all that other kind of stuff. And to have, you know, to have that, that concept in his own mind that, you know what, we're going to give it a shot and, you know, for the players, I mean, to, to be a player at that time and all of a sudden you have a female in your room you know today i guess you wouldn't look at it the same way right because yeah. now we know where everything is but at the time and from a from a player standpoint you're like really we're going to have a female goaltender and then all of a sudden i'm sure that she had plenty of time for practice and stuff like that right and so the guys are probably day after day when they're practicing going this chick's pretty good yeah. you know yeah yeah you know what i mean so that was probably and i'm sure that kind of i'm guessing that had to go into part of the the, the process, right. That the players get comfortable uh, with the situation. Um, So anyway, but yeah, yeah, I I, would have led with that. See, now I would have led, with you know,
1: and that's why you're Craig Ludwig. So I'll, uh, I'll take the hit on that one. Um, But yes, she is the first female to play in an NHL. um, It was preseason, but an NHL game, but we also need to point out silver medal in the Olympics uh IIHF I, I, World Women's Championships gold in 92 and gold in 94 for Team Canada. So
0: impressive.
1: Yeah, very 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 impressive. So, uh that's kind trailblazer. of lo-
0: She's a trail blazer, right, for for the women.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I yeah. think I, I think okay. a lot so of women looked let, up to let her. Let me ask you this. Yeah.
0: Should she go into the Hall of Fame? We're seeing we're seeing many women that are entering the Hall of Fame now, Yeah. Uh, and rightfully so, but isn't there a, could she not fit into the category of builder? I don't know. I'm just saying, I mean, did she not?
1: I'm judging it. I'm When it comes to the Hall of Fame, I'm going to judge it based on performance, um, but I like what you're saying because... I do feel as though innovators should get exemptions because they change the game for the better. So in that case, I would say yes, similar to uh, uh, Tom Flores in football being the first Hispanic NFL head coach. I think that's a game changer. I, I think I, I that's would, breaking I a barrier. If,
0: wouldn't you wonder if, if with, the women that are entering the the hockey hall of fame now that there wouldn't be some kind of a petition out there or something, you know, just looking back on, you know, how she, she cracked that, that door open. Um, You know, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe, I, I don't know. I don't know enough about it, but, but I would think that she's a big part of, you know, women being part of, part of the, getting to the spot where they are. I mean, you know,
1: yeah, I, she is the first woman to play an exhibition game in any of the major North American pro sports leagues. So it's not just NHL, it's NFL, it's MLB, it's NBA. Game changer.
0: There you go. Absolutely. See, let let's let I'm going to stop talking because to this point I don't think I said anything stupid yet that, that- No, I it goes down the wrong path because <laughs> you got to be careful what you say around here. I'm but just
1: trying to be positive. I promise you, I did have her in my memory. Um, it, yeah, game changer. I'm I'm so glad you brought that up. But it's great going down memory lane and thinking, you know, uh, from a player's perspective, because I don't think a lot of people remember the Thunderdome and remember what the Coyotes are going through in Arizona. Is what Tampa kind of went through in Tampa, and once again, that dome is in St. Pete, and that's a huge difference as well. And that's why the Tampa Bay Rays struggled to draw. We talk about Ottawa struggling to draw. The arena has to be in a location that I feel brings a lot of people, regardless. And you know, when the, when the Arizona Coyotes were playing in Glendale. And it's a Tuesday night. Do I really want to travel 50 minutes from Scottsdale down to Glendale because of traffic? Probably not.
0: Or if you're in Ottawa. Yeah. And and, and it's, uh, you know, January 28th. Right. And it's 28 degrees and there's two feet of snow on the roads. Are you going to drive 40 minutes out of downtown?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Ideal. And for anyone that says like, well, here, you know, some of the teams are located in Arlington. Well, You know, the caveat is, is there's a place called Fort Worth in Tarrant County, which serves a lot of people as well. So it's actually a good location because you're in the middle. Um, So interesting conversation. And uh, now we look ahead to Florida and we look ahead to the Islanders on on an upcoming episode, unless you want to do it now. I want to ask you about your experience with the Islanders because you still have contacts there. But you only played there one year before signing as a free agent with the Stars. So you were traded there. Do you want to get into it now or a future episode?
0: No, I can tell you. I mean, it's very short, obviously. Um, You know, I from Montreal, uh, during the summer, there was a conversation I had with a certain management person that asked if I'd be interested in playing in Minnesota. And I said, absolutely, because uh, I was – you know, Montreal, obviously <laughs> you, you can't ask for a better place to start your career and play at and, you know, win a championship and everything that goes along with the, the history of the Montreal Canadians. Um, but it was always hard. It was always, there was, there's always something in your head thinking if you get a little bit closer to home where your friends and parents and all that kind of stuff can see you play a little bit more. And so um, going from where you're, you know, you're in Quebec uh, versus to where you're a neighboring state, I was like, yep. And I said, that's, that's, absolutely what i'd like to do and um it's funny what happened was after i found out i was going to new york i was like huh well that didn't work out so i i got a call Mm -hmm. from the same person and and it was it was to keep it short it was hey they wanted way too much for you i couldn't (laughs) do the deal (laughs) he goes and it was like but you'll be here next year. And I was cool. I'm like, okay, got it. And you know, to the day it's, it's almost exactly what happened. So uh, my time in New York was, was great. I I lived in Billy Harris's who actually Harry had played. Uh, I lived in, I rented his house for the year. Uh, If anybody knows bars called Harry O's Uh, has got one in LA and anyway, so it's always nice to, to be renting the place where you're when you end up going to some place that the guy owns a bar uh, yeah, but the, the, the guys were awesome. The, the players that I played with are awesome. The team wasn't that great. Um, obviously when you're going to an organization that that's used to winning a lot, um, you know, they had won their four, their back-to-back, to back-to-back Stanley cups and stuff like that. And so this was past that time, you know, it was down the road, what, 10 years later or eight years later, whatever it was, um. But, you know, it was, it was different, obviously. I was living on the island, uh, but it was, it was great out there. You know, it's not like living in New York City. And um, the, the drive was awful. I, you know, I, I wasn't crazy about the drive, uh, traffic and all that kind of stuff. But, but otherwise, like I said, the practice rink was in a place called Caniac. That, that was a bit of a shit show, um, <laughs> you know, the rink and stuff like that. But they've done – I mean, now – with the new owners, Scott Malkin and, and you know what they've done to that organization. Now it is first class, the USB center is, is, uh, incredible. Um, I actually went out there a couple of years ago, uh, to meet with ownership and, you know, just talk about some things. And, um, I have a friend, a couple of friends that are involved, uh, with the team. Uh, but anyway, I had a good time and, and friendships and, uh, you know, one of the one of the classiest guys and one of the funniest guys, his name is Glenn Healy, was a goaltender at the time. Heals now is the president for the NHL Alumni Program. Uh, has done an incredible job since taking over uh, that role. And so, you know, you keep in contact with those guys. As a matter of fact, I talked to Heals a couple of weeks ago, and um, he's going to be on my podcast coming up soon. So, ah. anyway, it, yeah, I'll have Heals on, and uh, you know, be able to talk some, you know what's going on with the NHLPA or the alumni association, I should say, and that kind of stuff. So um, right, I think I, that's kind of what you always take out of it. So
1: so do you need to look my calendar to book you like book me on your show?
0: Yeah. I'll, I'm trying to, I'll, I'll there'll be some sometime when six or seven other people can't make it. So to do the show. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, you're, you're in the, you're in the book. I, I just got to flip the book over when I start looking.
1: I mean, it's chemistry, baby. Just remember um, that yeah chemistry yeah,
0: sure
1: is. <laughs> and when are we going to start getting now that we're on a consistent wednesday like i want to hear from knuckles nile and i want to hear from the ludwig buddies
0: well you gotta you gotta go to suds with Ludwig for those
1: oh jesus <laughs> come <sighs> on
0: come on <clears throat> you get sean shapiro
1: i do I do and he's been terrific. He, he's
0: a book full of knowledge right there. He he's really got, is. He's got his, he he has his finger on the pulse uh, of what's going on uh in the league. Um I've done I've talked to Sean a few times and we've done a couple interviews and things like that and you know I had uh I'm sure you're familiar with Scott Burnside. Mm-hmm, so sure. uh actually that that one that episode's coming out this week and it's it's funny and I was talking to Scott about it it's, they have, they have to be special people talking to the athletes. And, and I'm sure if you talk to Sean, I don't, I'm not sure exactly how many years Sean has been, been doing it, but like Scott's been doing it, you know, for a long, long time. And, and I, I asked him the other day when we were doing our, our show was that, what is it like now? You know, talking, talking to the players, like when I played or even before I played versus today's player, you know, cause we always talk about the players are different and all this other kind of stuff. And, and it, it ultimately came down to like, I told him, I said, now when you and I, you know, were doing things and hanging out, we were sitting in a bar having a beer and we were talking and you were writing or doing however you, you get it in, in the, in the, you know, in your articles and stuff like that today, you got to just go find a table at a whole foods, you know, because the guys are just, they're just different. But, yeah. but from that standpoint, um, he goes, no, they're awesome. He goes, they're all great. And you, you know, you got to find the right ones and stuff like that. But it was interesting talking to, it's one of the reasons I wanted to have them on one of the big reasons, because Scott is so easy to talk to. Um, they know how to get you to open up even, even, and then you get in your car and you're driving away and you're like, oh shit, what did I say that for? You know what I mean? But that's, that's why they're good at their jobs. Yeah. And, and, but the, but I do respect of guys like that. Um, and the majority Mike hike is a great one too, but you know, and they'll tell you, if they are going to ask you something, Hey, it's off the record. And, you know, we've heard that before, but with these guys, they mean it, it's off the record. And, you know, so, Hey, what do you think about this guy? Or what do you think about that coach? Or did you hear the rumor about this? And then, you know, you, you kind of, you kind of hold your breath until the article comes out and like, Nope, not a peep in there. You know? So that's what I like about those kind of guys, those reporters. And like I said, 99% of them are, you know, they're great. And you know, the other ones, they, they do what they do, but, unfortunately sometimes for those guys the, repu- the reputation comes around and you, you know you'll find times where those kind of guys uh and women I, I wouldn't say women I don't think any of the women I've, I've only had that or at least when I was playing there was only I think I have only had one woman uh, reporter um in my career and I think that was kind of the beginning of you know that get coming into locker rooms and all that kind of stuff so um But anyway, there, I like most of them are 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 super. So anyway, it's just interesting for me to talk to them. And like I said, Sean's been one of those kind of guys. When when you talk to him, he's got a way of delivering his questions and comments and things like that.
1: that, No, I I, I agree. We've talked offline a lot too, and uh, you know, like what you said, there has to be a respect. All kidding aside, there has to be a respect factor. Um, You know, I'm sure Craig, you found out information. I know I sometimes get information and stuff like that that you just have to hold to yourself because it's more important to continue that relationship. You don't want people getting fired, um, you know, and it's not, sometimes it's it's just information and you leave it at that. And you, you know, because it's like, you know, the people that are just going to burn, 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 you know, they're not going to be welcome in the locker room or with players. And, you know, you want to be able to talk to somebody and they feel comfortable knowing that a conversation is essentially not being recorded in the brain. So it is, it's fascinating. I think you,
0: you also have to understand they have a job to do too. Yeah. And, you know, and that's, and that's part of it. And, you know, they, Red Fisher, the great Red Fisher, um, who has since passed away, but you know, he basically ran the Montreal Canadiens, but Red is known around the hockey world and, uh, being one of those kind of guys. And Red would always say, you want to treat us good. We've got the last word, and they're so right. They're so right. Like, there can you want to be you want to be negative with a reporter, and you know, and all of a sudden it ends up in the paper, and they can kind of they can write it and print it the way they want, and then all next thing you know is your phone is ringing, or you're getting your door is being knocked on, going, "Hey, is this true?" And then it then then it can start to you know to boil over. So yeah, uh, you know, I, I think you know when we got to Dallas here. Uh, and then it happened in Montreal too, but you, you, they happened later in my career, but you know, there's people that will come in now and talk to, talk to the young players, talk to the team as a group and talk to the young players about dealing with the media, you know, on TV and, you know, how, how you should talk to them, you know, how, how you, how you kind of, you word things, what you're trying to say and, you know, take a breath. And if you don't like the question, just, you know, say, Hey, I don't like that question. And, um, you know, so it's a little different with us, but, but again, I, I have a lot of respect for those guys, you know? Yeah, absolutely. How do we find things out?
1: Well, next time you talk to Sean, which will probably be next week, you have to talk to him about the Hall of Fame. He's got some strong opinions on the nomination process. So he let him fly on Monday's podcast. It was great.
0: (laughs) Okay. I'll (laughs) ask him my first question is to be,
1: why is Pat Vermeek not in the Hall of Fame? Oh, my God. so true. Yep. So true. I, I don't know the answer and I don't know if he'll have the answer either. Yep. So it's... I just,
0: wonder if it comes down to the awards. I, I just wonder sometimes, I don't know. You know, I mean, I look at, you know, carbo has got what? Th- three of those Selkies carbo has got three Stanley cups. Yeah. But there's other players that have a couple of cups, um, but maybe not any of those individual awards. And I just wonder if that has anything to do with it. I have no idea. I don't know what the criteria is um you know and, and Mogilny is another guy uh, you know but i looked at i looked at beaker i mean beaker's got like 1400 games played he's got a stanley cup he's got 550 560 goals he's got you know like 1200 points i i don't i don't get those kind of guys you know i don't oh understand. yeah like what about Yuri Lettinen? Is Yuri Lettinen going to make? Sean, it? Sean
1: brought up Yuri Lettinen because it's the hockey Hall of Fame, and what Yuri has done internationally exactly. should put exactly. him in. Yeah, I, exactly right. I, I totally agree. Uh, another one that I'll throw out there: Rod Brindamore. Yeah, almost fifteen hundred games, and I mean, obviously, an awesome coach. And I don't think that will be into consideration, but at the same time, you know, that's a guy that's over a thousand points. By the way. Uh the Joe Pavelski watch is now fifty-seven points to a thousand. So, and I mean, we talked about Pavelski as a potential Hall of Famer because he hasn't won uh, a Stanley Cup and he's not an award guy. But I look at Joe Pavelski and I look at a Hall of Famer. So, yeah, it's, I, I agree. Yeah.
0: I, I just you know, and again, it'd, it'd be interesting some days to yeah. And I think those guys are all probably sworn to secrecy, but they'll they'll give you the you know, the Reader's Digest version of, well, here's the criteria and, right. you know, so.
1: I also, and to, to to end this, Craig, I'll also say, and this is a credit to you and so many of the other players, I hate when voters or people say and use the excuse, yeah, but look how long they played. Like, that's a negative. That should be an ultimate positive. It shows that that person was a warrior and that they had to play through pain. They had to play through injuries and the longevity to me should play a positive factor when it comes to lifetime achievements. That's my soapbox.
0: Get any disagreement out of me. Yeah. That's my
1: soapbox. You know, I mean, I I I, I know
0: 1400 games and yeah, I, I, you know, so
1: yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this was fun, sir. I enjoyed it. All (laughs) right. So, We'll say it again. Wish I could say the same. Oh, come on. Come on. All right. So the deal is this, folks, is we did have our biggest episode last Wednesday, and it's all thanks to Craig. And finally, we got Craig to retweet this, which is nice. And so... Oh, did I really? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. How about it
0: 2 a.m.? Is <laughs> it at bar time?
1: You know, you don't even like you don't even think of me at 2 a.m. or this podcast because I was going to well, say, what, you know,
0: well, I don't even think of you at 2
1: p.m. <laughs> What's the difference? That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. I should have stopped when I was ahead. It was going so you. well. Yeah. So listen, let's continue to grow this thing. We're putting a lot of effort into it. You know, as Craig talked about, Sean is so insightful when it comes to inside the NHL and inside the locker room with the Dallas Stars. Craig brings a player's perspective. You know, what happens inside the room? Craig tells amazing stories like you heard today about the Tampa Bay Lightning. And me, I'm just a guy. So that's basically what Spits and Suds that's is. <laughs> and that's going to do it for today. I'm going to stop while I'm ahead with Craig Ludwig. And you've been listening to Spits and Suds right here on 105.3 The Fan. Have a great day, everyone.